Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Coming to you live after a very long break of podcast from podcasting. It is the Believe in the Southside Boys. I am Steve O. You can find me on Twitter at Drunk Shy Sox Fan. And joining me, my co-host. What's up, everybody? It's Buddy. It's your Carrie. Find me on Twitter at that that basin. And Steven, even I am um, glad we're back on the back on the mic. Back to talking, you know, you know, about some s- Especially because we guys we got some some you know going on and some news, so you know I'm ready to uh, you know get it. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm catching absolutely. double of you in the mic. I don't know if that's my shitty internet connection or if that's you, but I'm sure we'll get it figured out by the time the show ends. Um, so it's good to have people back watching us live. Um, of course, Carrie, it's late. Um, yeah, Adam can't even type. Late. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's probably, you know, a couple or two, three of these already. So um, I'm going to be drinking a little bit on today's episode, Carrie, because I just have to pose this question. Mm-hmm. Do we root for the worst franchise? Uh, first, I'm going to start with, do we root for the worst franchise and have a podcast for the worst franchise in the city of Chicago? I wouldn't even say the city of Chicago. I'd almost say in all of sports, they are wow, all of sports are a top five. Probably like, like they're in the top five for worst run organizations in in sports, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it's just horrific. I mean the fact that I I mean where do we begin, right? I mean this team goes. Let's start with. 1917 to 2005 they go 88 years without winning a championship yep then you and like the stories my father would tell me about the socks in like the the 60s and 70s and 80s and how just embarrassing they are you know and how how embarrassing they were like i don't know how he even stuck around i would right like and i mean like i put out a tweet the other day that was like i ran through all the chicago sports teams and why they're shitty right now um at least the ones that i'm a fan of and the the big there were a couple of people who were like, well, the Sox aren't that bad, and I get it. The Sox aren't that bad. They're eighty one. They were eighty one and eighty one last year. They had their first back to back postseason appearances ever in their franchise history, which is ridiculous, by the way. First ever back to back postseason appearances. Years. That's that. That means you're not good at anything you do. Yeah, this is like when you have to think the White Sox are an old organization. This is like when they were there were 18 teams in Major League Baseball and yeah. they still couldn't get back-to-back postseason appearances. I mean, the postseason was the World Series. They were one of the but... original, like, what was it, six or eight teams or something like that? And they think about that. Like, they were one of the original teams still couldn't get back-to-back. Playoffs. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. So you take all of that into consideration. And then, obviously, the whole idea of, okay, over the last three years, the White Sox are still a winning baseball team. The problem is, they should be. They should be more than just a winning baseball team. They should be a team that's contending for a title. Because that's what they sold us Or a on. team that was, yes, that's what they sold us on, right? This was our window of contention, as they said, right? 
And what do we have to show for it? One playoff victory. One Larry Garcia bomb to center field. The most expensive home run in White Sox history. Um, the, so uh, the big argument that, you know, worst in the city, I don't think that's even a debate right now. Are they the worst in major league baseball? I, I mean, I think so. I like, I know you got, you know, some of the comments here, like the Rockies, Texas, like the Texans pirates, like, yeah, I, I pirates, they were dominant in like the seventies. At least they had a dominant stretch of baseball. So I probably wouldn't put them, but like, Texans are a pretty shitty organization. Now we're reaching like football. We're talking all of sports. Oh, I'm talking all of sports. Like I'm, okay. I'm already there with baseball. I like the Rockies are better. They've been to a World Series more recently than we have. You know, I think they've been to the playoffs, you know, multiple years when the Sox haven't been. I mean, like it, they spend money on players, right? I mean, they gave Chris Bryant like a $200 million contract, which they shouldn't have, you know, or 150, but like they spend money on players the Sox don't spend money they don't win they don't have a good front office they don't change their front office their owner is fucking horrible their gm's fucking horrible they have issues with their gm with you know getting sued for being a shitty human being potentially right and you know this clevenger stuff like it's just all boils down to just being a terrible franchise well, I think it's ridiculous when you're up there with the Chili's and New Lennox for ability to vet employees. I mean, it's that bad for the Chicago White Sox. And and first off, the Tony let's let's reach back to the Tony Larusa hiring, right? Think about Ugh. the poor the poor vetting that happened with Tony Larusa. And that one's even worse because the the reports were already out there. The police reports were already out there when when they hired Larusa. And then on top of that, I mean, obviously, you know, there were things that were in the dark about Clevenger that they didn't, you know, didn't know about. However, yeah. you have a guy that was already had character issues to begin with. Yeah, right? exactly. Since 2019, it's, it's never been a secret. So it's like, you know, don't be surprised when shittier things do happen. Right. So they took that risk and now they're stuck with that $12 million risk. So absolutely. And, you know, if you do see something, say something. That's really important. Okay. And I know that's, it's also kind of. It's yeah. terrible. It, I mean, it's just ridiculous that the White Sox with Mike Clevenger right now, that there's a, a simple, very Rick Hahn speak lawyer cut PR <laughs> stance out there from the organization. And that's it. Right. If, if you're the White Sox. At least from a PR standpoint, at least from an organizational standpoint. I'm not even talking about from a baseball standpoint, as a business carry. What do you do about the Mike Clevenger situation? I want to hear what you think first. I mean, you know, if they were a Los Angeles Dodgers, if they were a New York Yankees, right? If they're one of these teams with high payroll that Mets who don't give a fuck about payroll, um, you're releasing him, right? But, but they are the Chicago White Sox, right? They're not about to release $12 million and just let that $12 million go to this man for nothing, right? So two options are going to happen. Either he gets guilty of you know what, what's been said in, in, in court or something like that, and the MLB does the investigation, and, and you know he gets suspended a full year potentially, but you saw how that played out with Bauer, and they still had to pay him, right? They are going to 
pay this man his $12 million no matter what. So I think he'll get, you know, less than obviously what Bauer got and stuff like that. He'll probably get, you know, 40, 50 game suspension. And they're going to play him. He's going to, he's going to play for the White Sox this year. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to play for the Chicago White Sox. I think if the White Sox were to have any brains in the front organization, you know, which leads me to that. And I'm going to get there in a second too. If they have any sense um, amongst themselves, you put him on administrative leave at least, right? You're still, him. you're still paying him, though. I mean, you're paying him, sure. But at least, like, so when it comes to this, right, at least if you put him on administrative leave, then you're at least making a statement and saying, okay, while these allegations are out and while the air is being cleared, um, or while the truth is being found out, I should say, at least you're not playing him. At least you're not saying we're in this guy's corner. Because by playing him, you're ultimately saying, yeah, we're, we're in this guy's corner. We believe in him as a person. That's that, the impression you give off. But that's what's going to happen, man. I mean, you know, they're going to just say we're going to let the MLB figure this out and and whatever. You know, you're going to get that lawyer speak from Rick, and he's going to pitch. They're, they're not going to just, you know, if, if he's not suspended by the MLB, right, they're going to play that man. They're going to make him pitch. They don't have any other options, and it's the White Sox. When have they cared about morality? You know, you talked about it with Tony La Russa, this old trainer that's getting fired and suing the White Sox, specifically right. like suing Rick Hahn. You know, like morale, ha- I mean, like just any anything that's moral, you know, in that, in, in that front office, just throw it out the fucking window. They don't give a shit. So I'm just like, I'm so pissed that. I've renewed now. Like, (laughs) thanks. You know, it was one thing when it was like, okay, they didn't go out and spend money on the big free agent, right? They didn't go out and get Aaron Judge, Brandon Nimmo, uh, Ben Intendi, baby, the big, what what was the words that Scott Merkin used? The big fish or he called it something like that. Oh, they're behemoth. I think he he said that, right? They're whale. No, he said whale. He actually said whale. $75 million. And yeah. He called it their whale. I mean, that's just absolutely insane. That $75 million contract is their whale. Um, It's one thing when you're not spending the money on super superstar talent because the money has been spent elsewhere or Jerry isn't happy with the product when it was over $200 million for a year. It's another thing when you're compromising your integrity as an organization. That's ultimately what it is, right? Oh, and well, and then and then this, right? Think about how bad the clubhouse culture was when Tony Larusa was manager for the most part, that's, right? But that's why I'm about to get to. They don't give a fuck. The front office does not give a fuck. A year and a half out of the two years that Tony Larusa was manager, the clubhouse culture was absolute shite. Now you're bringing in a guy who has domestic violence allegations. That are being investigated. Yeah. Say what you will, but it's insane to me. I mean, why? Why am I rooting for this team? Why am I doing a podcast about this team? It's, it's just because you know it's it's hard to change your fandom. Like I would feel dirty if I change my fandom, even though I hate this team. I think it's that it's that you know. Glimmer of hope every White Sox fan's been hoping for and like dying for, you know, for the past like 10 years, which is the day that Jerry sells the team. 
or, you know, something else happens. Like, I think that's honestly, I keep on telling my fiance, I'm like, I'm like a world series would be nice, but better than that would be Jerry selling the fucking team. That's going to be my second world series. That's, that's going to be me celebrating just as hard for the world series. When Jerry sells this team, I think that's what it is. Like everybody's just like sick and tired of what this team is, who they are. They're never changing because you have an owner that doesn't care about, you know, anything else besides, you know, making money. Um, This is the result you have. So just waiting on him to fucking sell. No, it really is true. Rick Rick Hahn's got to be on the true hot seat now, right? And I know we have our complaints, right? He's got to be on the true hot seat. I don't think so. If they don't make the playoffs this year, he's got to be. Dude, they they didn't make the playoffs. Top of the list. They didn't make the playoffs last year, and that was when they were supposed to be division clear division winners and possible world series contenders and they went 81 and 81 and he didn't get fired sorry i saw gar foreman and john paxson run the bulls for about 17 years of my life and and like in the after d rose was gone you're like you need this needs to change and it didn't for another like you know eight years so i don't i don't see jerry Getting rid of Rick. He Jerry loves the White Sox and he loves Rick and Kenny. So Yep. Hashtag fire Hondorf from our guy Senor. Yeah. I love that. Um, so if you're the White Sox, then from a baseball standpoint, you've still got to go out and get another starter, right? Yeah. I mean, I think so. I saw that some Reddit thing today. I don't know if you saw that about Michael Pineda. If that's true, just gag me. Did you see Michael Pineda's stats from last year? Oh, yeah. Dog shit. You know what? It reminds me of just Irvin Santana, you know, that move. And 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 who is that other fucking guy? I forgot who it was before Irvin Santana. But they just try those, you know, pitchers that had something, you know. It, yeah. it's, a, it's a White Sox move. It is. I mean, we're not even talking about a guy that even, like, sniffed, like, all-star. I mean, oh, no. Did he ever sniff all-star candidacy in his career? I mean, he's never been that good. And then on top of that, he's absolutely washed ever since getting busted for one fat boy. We don't need another. And that's coming from a fat boy. He like, we're done enough, enough. I mean, this is, I mean, really it is. I mean, I know they're too cheap, but this just, it screams white socks. It's a guy who was decent five, six years ago. And now he's just absolutely terrible after being caught for PEDs um, or some sort of anabolic steroid, right? Because I'm like, where did it go? Right. And then, and then on top of that too, you had his um, his sticky stuff that he got busted for. It just be on their White Sox signing. They don't care. But I love it because, like, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf was the one that you know refused to sign AJ Hinch or like. Um, Espada or whatever because the Astros cheated. So, you know, he he doesn't like that. But, hey, domestic violence and getting shit-faced in your car and driving, that's okay. You know, that, that's essentially what Jerry's telling you. It's unbelievable. So just because I have to say this, right? I mean, you're looking for a guy. Mind you, I still think they, they need to put Clevenger. They should not let Clevenger pitch in a White Sox uniform. You are tarnishing your brand, your image as an organization. But I guess they don't care, right? 
either way, say they, this Michael Pineda thing is true. I mean, it's it's not even like okay numbers. Like there are guys out there that are still available that had okay numbers last year. Yeah, I mean, Davis Martin was was like, I mean, he wasn't great, but he was meh. rather than him. Yeah, right. I mean, Joe Ross is still out there, right? He had an ERA of like four forty last year, but he actually pitched a ton of games. Unlike Michael Pineda, who started eleven games. Now, mind you, started eleven games, carry. So you're thinking, okay, he pitched like what? 70 innings? Yeah. No, 46. That's horrible. That means he got knocked 46.2 innings, 26 strikeouts, and a whip of 141. ERA just under six. Oh, yeah. That's the guy we want, right? It just, it's it's another Rick Hunt off offseason where you wait too long, some shit happens, and then you're stuck. Right, he never ever just does the right fucking thing, and I don't know if that's a combination of him being just so dumb and Jerry Reinsdorf being so cheap. I think it is a perfect combination of them both. Right, but like Lance Lynn got hurt, right, and then you're stuck with Johnny Cueto. Cueto was great. I mean, like they got very lucky, but like there aren't those options out there, you know. So I, I don't know. They're just in another. They couldn't even sign Josh Harrison to a two million dollar deal. So so glad you brought that up. Like the fact that they missed out on the Josh Harrison Josh Harrison sweepstakes of two million dollars. You couldn't even sign two million. Hernandez is that yeah the old Sox tech yeah Cesar Hernandez contract. He signed a minor league deal. Well, they were more interested in Hans or Alberto. Apparently, it just shows. Yeah, it just shows that they're okay with. You know what they got, which the is lack, just not good. The so. lack of competency is what it comes down to, and maybe they know more than we do. Maybe Cesar Hernandez is going to be garbage. Maybe Josh Harrison is going to not be good. So is Romy, and so is Sosa. Like right. I mean, what Hans or Alberto is going to be better than both of them? Yeah. Doubt it. Absolutely doubt it. It's just depressing. It it honestly is. Like I, I'm I'm out of words. I think point. I've said it, and I know a bunch of people in our group have said it too, and you know some of the guys commenting. I think this is the least excited I've ever been as a Chicago White Sox fan, and that's even like when we went through a rebuild where we knew mm-hmm. 2017, 18, and 19 were going to be just really bad years. We knew that those years were going to be bad, but there was that glimmer of hope, you know, okay, we got Tim Anderson, Yoan, we got, you know, some of these guys, they got money to spend on, you know, the Machados of the world. And then, and everything just got flipped upside down once they couldn't sign, couldn't, you know, sign the Machados and the wheelers and stuff. And they just seemingly like they gave up and Rakan's like, I'm just going to rely on the guys we have now. And, and they don't have a good enough development system. So this is why, we are in the way we are and why myself and I know you've talked about it. Other people are just not excited for this year. We're not excited at all for 2023. And this is the years that they touted as the golden years of White Sox baseball because of, you know, the rebuild. So absolutely. absolutely. And I had like a small glimmer of hope. Like I know Adam brings up right here in the comments in hindsight, we were dumb for having hope. 
It's the same people running the organization. And I really thought, like, you know, at least when the Pedro Grafal, you know, announcement and hiring happened and, and the change of coaching staff and change of the training staff and um, addition of, of different people in, in the analytics department, I, I, was, I was getting excited, a little excited. I was like, okay, something might be a little bit different here. But it's not. It's not. It's just not. You've still got a gaping hole in second base. Um, your 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 pitching staff is is not deep enough. You've got the Mike Clevenger situation that's going on. Obviously, you can't control what happened to Liam Hendricks, which is extremely sad and is is a blow to the bullpen. And and my best goes out to to Liam and to his wife Christy and to their entire family. But then on top of that. We're having a discussion about Aloy Jimenez still starting in the outfield. He's a dumbass if he thinks he should even play out there. I mean, like, that's the problem, you know, like you have, you know, you have a guy like Eloy who's going against the coaching staff already before the season. Like, there's no accountability from this front office. Like, the front office should be like, you are fucking the DH and 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 then you'll play maybe 20 games on the outfield, but shut up about it. Like you're not an outfielder, so I, I don't know. I just no, no. I mean, the fact that we're having a discussion about Aloy still playing in the outfield, even though you signed a left fielder. Why are we trying to switch him back to right field, where he yeah. hasn't even played since the Futures game it in hurt 2016? Again? Right? Yeah, exactly. Like it's just, it's so maddening. You know, like it's 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 annoying. Absolutely. It's just another. It's just another hope for the best. You know, lightning in a bottle, White Sox here. That's all they do. That's they they didn't know five, and they think that that twenty something years later that that could happen still. And it's just not how things work anymore. There's a lot more data and everything else that goes along with it to make your teams good. You know, the teams that don't spend a lot of money are good. You know, like I just I don't know. I'm not excited at all. No, for no, any part of this year. <laughs> For sure. And it, this team lacks an identity is the big thing, right? Like you bring up like smaller market teams that maybe don't spend that money, but at least they have the analytics department or the player development to back it up. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't expect a Jerry Reinsdorf owned team to be at the top three or four in major league baseball and payroll. It's just not going to happen. My hopes are not there, but at least you've got to find some sort of identity in the middle. Right. <laughs> Okay, maybe we'll be in the middle of the pack when it comes to spending, but we're going to reallocate those resources to player development and analytics, right? It, it, find some balance. Um, yeah, Cease is going to be fun to watch this year. I, I actually might put in a Cease uh, future bet for a prop bet for him at Cy Young. I think he's going to be fucking fantastic. Um, do you think the bull... I, honestly, what are your thoughts on the bullpen this year that Adam brings up? I honestly don't think the bullpen's an issue at all. I don't I mean, either. I, I know you lost Liam, but like you have a bunch of guys that can fill in at closer. I mean, Lopez looked like he could do it and it might be good to see if he can, because then if he can, then Liam might be expendable when he comes back. I, I know that sounds horrible right now, but it's just true. But like you got Garrett crochet. I mean, you have three, you have two solid lefties with crochet and bummer. And then even Jake, you know, Deakman is, is not, good he's not horrible but like to have him as your third lefty they have a good bullpen i think that's gonna actually be a strong suit this year 
I, I don't think even pitching is going to be an issue, even like when that piece of shit Clevenger does pitch. I think he'll even be good, you know, as bad as that is. It's going to be hitting again. Like, can they repeat it? You just lost your best hitter in Jose Abreu and your only leader. And I'm glad you brought up Eloy because Eloy even was asked, who's going to be the voice of the team now? Who's going to lead? And he said he's a like, good question. I have no fucking clue. That sounds horrible, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't worry about the bullpen either. I think they're – think about the amount of resources that have been allocated into this bullpen. It should be decent, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you've got Raylo that's still in the pen. You've got Crochet who's supposed to be ready to rock and roll. Joe um, Kelly. You, Joe Kelly. Understand, he actually didn't have a bad year last year. His ERA was bad. But yeah. Well, he started the year completely awful and yeah. just – he. And then, like, outside of, like, a couple blips on the radar, he was really solid the second half of the year. Um, decent reliever. Yeah. And I love that Prof, our guy, Jesus H. Strawman here, brings up Kopech. I mean, Kopech's not going to be in the bullpen, but he's going to give you some really solid innings at the back end of your rotation. The rotation, I think, is really strong, too. Fingers crossed if they stay healthy. Right. Um, and I still think they should get one guy, one other guy. Um, teams average um, more than 10 starters a year throughout the, the course of an entire season. I don't want to see Davis Martin start 15 plus games. Um, if he starts eight, fine. It, he can't start any more than that. Um, yeah. And same with Jimmy Lambert. I mean, Jimmy Lambert shouldn't be starting any more than three, four games. Yeah, he He's should be coming long, long reliever guy. You need two innings from, you know, three innings. And, and just t- talking about, you know, Kopech, right? And, and bouncing back. You have three guys that are bounce back candidates that have a lot to prove, right? Kopech probably, I think he's about to hit arbitration, so he wants to make more money, right? This is first year after being a starter. He wants to prove that he can do it the whole year. Lance Lynn's big ass is, you know, coming back from injury. He didn't have that good of a year. He's going to come back, I think, strong. And then Giolito wants to show that, you know, he can he can command a lot of money. He's going to want to have a good year and get the fuck out of Chicago. I know he wants to get the fuck out. So you have a potential to have a really good starting four guys, and that's why, like, this Clevenger shit is horrible because, like, if you have a talent like that that's not such a piece of shit, you have a great pitching staff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 69 innings to 119 exactly. innings last year for Kopech. Hoping to get him around 150, 175. I that might be a little bit of a stretch for me. I'm going to predict Kopech gets about one, 130, 135. Um, I, think I think he's, they're going to push him. I think he's going to push himself too. He, he wants to be known as a starter. I, I can yeah. see. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I worry about an injury popping up. Uh, oh yeah. Him. Um, but that being said, if we get 150, 175 out of him and it's the stuff that we saw, especially in the first couple months of the year. Oh baby. I mean, the pitching will not be, a concern. It's what kind of offensive production are we going to get out of an aging Asmani Grandal? A big what if with Gavin Sheets, who's probably going to be an everyday starter at a this what point. If Yohan Mancata, a what if uh, we don't know who Oscar Colas is? We, we don't even know who Luis Robert is yet. Yeah, I mean, we really don't. Think about all the players. We don't know who they are because Mancata's good every other year. Maybe this is the every other year. Is Grandal too old, right? Is Robert going to be healthy at all is Eloy going to be healthy is you know Benetini's actually a, a solid ball player so good for them they did the right fucking thing but like is Oscar Colas even good is Andrew Vaughn better now that he's at first right who's our second baseman like 
well, so many what ifs. It's Andrew Andrew Vaughn turned into a below average league hitter in 2020, uh, 2020 mixing up my years here, 2021 below average to an above average league hitter in 2022. Yeah. Does he make the next step to being an elite hitter in 23 is the question. And I think a lot of the White Sox offensive success hinges on that. It hinges and it hinges on one of three guys becoming a superstar or having a superstar year. And one of those three guys has to be Moncada, Aloy, yeah. or Luis. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Those those three guys have to be your catalyst. I mean, especially with Jose out, those are your three guys that have to play well for the majority of the year. I mean, Tim Anderson has to stay healthy too. That that we can't Facts. let him off. So Facts. Absolutely. And I, I and here and here's the thing with Tim too. I don't expect him to play gold glove defense. I don't expect him to have an OPS above nine hundred. I expect him to be an above average league hitter because of the average that he produces. And I expect him to not be dog shit at shortstop. If he can just not be dog shit at shortstop, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But health for him, he's just gotta he's gotta stay healthy. For me, that's if he can do that. And if these guys can all play, you know, a healthy ish year and play 140 plus games together, they'll be a good solid squad. But I just, it's never happened before. So why would it happen now? It hasn't happened yet. It's a lot of what ifs. And on top of that, the reason why I just get so hung up on, okay, this is the White Sox window and maybe they'll be good. They should be great. They should yeah. be contending for a title. And it's, this this team, fun. unless everybody catches absolute fire and performs in their 95th percentile and above, especially when it comes to the hitting lineup, everybody's going to have to perform at that level if they're going to be a championship caliber team. Yep. Um, back to Vaughn, too. I know giving up the, the points and batting average and turning those into, you know, gappers, deep gappers and homers is great. He did have how many bombs last year? I want to say 19. 17 fact check me on that one um that being said i think vaughn needs to be even more than 20 home runs i think he needs to be a 30 homer guy next year um the white Sox didn't have a single guy above 20 17 17 thank you so i honestly think andrew vaughn can be a 28 plus home run yeah he absolutely should be that's the kind of talent he has at the plate you know he doesn't have to worry about playing the outfield anymore either you know and getting hurt that way he can just worry about the ball first and hitting bombs. That's it. That is yeah. it. Huge progress from year one in the league to year two in the league. I don't yeah. see why he can't make that jump again, especially with how young he is and, yeah. you know, a better coaching staff. Look at what Frank Manichino did to this fucking Ugh. lineup. Yeah. And, I'll, and, I'll never forgive him. Fuck that, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, he went from a 91 OPS plus to a 111. So who's to say he can't go from 111 to 130? You know, I mean, like he could do it. And sure. if there's one guy that can, he, I can, I can see, I can see it. And I know, you know, prop, prof here is right. 17 to 30. That is a big ask, but it could definitely happen, especially in a guy's third year. So we'll yeah. see. You know what? Maybe 30 is a big number, but if somebody gave me an over under home runs on Andrew Vaughn and said 25, 26, I'm mashing that over. So interesting. That's, that's my take. So Gary, we're at about a half an hour. I cannot believe we actually talk White Sox baseball for half an hour. <laughs> I know that's how that's how much of losers we are. So, well, I just it just pains me. I actually, I'm 
yeah, I'm going to finish this drink just thinking about how this White Sox season is going to go. So that brownie that my friend got me from Amsterdam. So I'll be gone. Oh, absolutely. You're going to be in great shape. Oh, yeah. Thank you to everybody who tuned in the live comments. They were fantastic. As always, there were some on here that I could not put up on the board, of course. Um, there was an FM Kane here, Carrie. Did you see that one? Did you want to play that? Yeah, no comment. No comment. You're going to take a pass on that one. He's pleading the fifth, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Have a great one, everybody. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 